0: Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of Talent Alone Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Metz, and with me as always is Mike Ashley Madison Regan. Mike Regan, how the hell are you doing today?
1: Apparently trying to hook people up with people they can cheat on their spouses yeah. with. Yeah, life shorts have an affair.
0: Remember that? That was their tagline. That's exciting. What a, like got, a
1: smart idea,
0: by the they way. They got completely undone by that password leak, right? Like, they don't exist anymore. I didn't know there was a password leak. Yeah, it's like... It, was, it wasn't It was even a password leak. They had, like, a, a, like, moral hackers broke in, stole their entire list of people who had addresses, mm-hmm. or uh, had accounts, and published it. So everyone that, like... Had an Ashley Madison account was suddenly like out in the open. So you're telling me a bunch of like suburban
1: housewives got together, went to some like camp where they learned how to hack,
0: (laughs) and pulled this off. It's amazing. And they could have spent that amount of time just fixing their relationship.
1: No, that's way too much work.
0: Uh, By the way, Uh, Ashley, Ashley Madison still around? Just pulled it up. Good for them. Uh, The tagline is still "Life is short, have an affair." I'm doing good. I'm on
1: the I'm on the road right now.
0: Yeah, you're hitting up training camps, right? Before the NFL season starts? (laughs) Yeah, I am.
1: I'm actually, I'm in Virginia right now, uh, trying to track down EJ Manuel, see if we can get an exclusive exclusive interview.
0: Where in the world is EJ Manuel? Yeah, Bayside legend, EJ Manuel. It's it's like the start of Catch Me If You Can. You're just following EJ Manuel through various airports and hotels all over the United States trying to get an interview.
1: Yeah, and then I actually met him in a hotel, but he lied to me about his identity. Yeah. (laughs) And got away and checked his wallet. It was just a bunch of like business cards and bullshit. And I was like, no, I'm Tom Hanks and I'm so angry. I am no longer the captain. He is the captain
0: now. Doesn't that movie end with just like Tom Hanks tackling Leonardo DiCaprio on the lawn of his parents' house on Christmas? Yeah. It's pretty good because he goes
1: through the shitter to get out of that airplane. Oh, yeah. In in, uh, France. No, he catches him in France. I think he no, goes to where his like parents kept, allegedly he, met, right?
0: No, he catches him like at his parents' house, because he's like out in the front yard and it's like oh. Christmas. Because
1: his dad's a fucking loser. Yeah, and he sees his mom with someone else.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Tom his, Hanks shows his dad's up. Dad's just a complete loser in that movie. And then Tom Hanks is like, "I'm
1: Mister Rogers, bitch. Get on the ground or I'll shoot."
0: <laughs> Why can't I remember the name of the actor who plays uh, his dad in that movie? Oh, it's Christopher Walken. Thank you. That was driving me crazy. Oh, my son bought me a Porsche. I or kept wanting to call. I kept to call him Liam Neeson just because they're both lanky fuckers. It was a Cadillac, my bad. Oh yeah, it was a Cadillac. You're right, man. You got a you got a good memory of Catch Me If You Can. Actually,
1: like I really enjoy that movie. I think that's one of Spielberg's
0: really good ones. I think most of them are Spielberg's really good ones, right? Like go, off the top of your head, bad Spielberg movie. Go. Hugo. Ooh, the answer we were looking for was Ready Player One. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right <I> was... <laughs> it is it is mind-boggling that spielberg made that movie it doesn't feel like a spielberg movie
1: yeah because it feels kind of like phoned in because it's just like references and
0: cameos yeah. do you think that that was like the deal that back in the day bill murray was like all right i'll be in i think it was ooh, what's that golf movie he's in uh groundhog day no the golf movie Oh, Caddyshack. I'm sorry. Caddyshack. I think he was like, I'll be in Caddyshack if I get to make this other serious movie. You think Spielberg went to the studio and was like, all right, I'll make Ready Player One. But then I get to make my fucking musical about the Sharks and the Jets. West Side Story. I get to make West Side Story after that. It's like he heard that West Side was up
1: for a remake, and that's how he negotiated getting it.
0: By making Ready Player One? Yeah, he
1: was like, I'll do Ready Player One, but I'm getting West Side. You're not giving it to that. I don't know name other director. Tarantino, a Tarantino bastard.
0: <laughs> I, I would watch the fuck out of a Tarantino West Side story.
1: That would be it would amazing. be 40
0: minutes long because all the sharks and jets would kill each other in that first brawl. Yeah. Hey, real talking? quick,
1: a note about my trip. Um, shout out to the DMV, specifically Baltimore, Maryland. All right. So I got a layover in Maryland and I go to use the bathroom and to Give a uh, a piece of personal information to our listeners. I suffer from a shy blood. Okay, it is a chronic illness, and it deserves some sort of charity in this country <laughs> and more support. Baltimore has in these like fancy new airport bathrooms. They're not stalls. They're like totally like enclosed tiny rooms, and there's like these lamps attached to them that are like green if they're empty and red if they're occupied.
0: It's amazing. Except the, the, only, the, only way, the only way it could be better is if it had like a super powerful wind turbine on the outside and you could eject people away from the door if you were in there. Except you know that there's people getting drunk at the airport bar going in there fucking. You're, okay. You tell me if this is a hot take or not. Public bathrooms should be more public sex accessible. Yeah, obviously. That's people are going to be having public... People are going to be having public sex, all right? It's happening.
1: Yeah, they just put one of those, like, condom coin machines in each stall.
0: Oh, my God. When's the last time you saw one of those? You know where I used to see those? This is a very region-specific reference. Greenbrier, uh, Regal 13. The movie theater? Yeah, had the condom coin-operated things in the bathroom. That is also the single location I think I've taken the longest piss in my life. And they think that people were watching Lord of the Rings and just got horned up what what movie feels the most regal Greenbrier 13? I think people were probably watching High School Musical. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. That could be an yeah. error.
1: But uh, last point is the first thing I thought of when I saw them, these little like bathroom rooms enclosed stalls, if you will, was Always oh Sunny. Why? Oh, it's, oh because Animal Shithouse, that thing? The bathroom episode. They do the one thing where like, that oh, needs to be closed off. And they put the cardboard up and then Charlie's like, Yeah, what if you did, like, a noise over it, and it was, like, sounds of, like, like Halloween sounds, like ghouls and shit?
0: Yeah, Yeah, they were originally going to do something else, and they went with screaming, and they were like, the screaming's a nice touch. Yeah. All right, but enough about bathrooms. Stop boobow. Yeah, let's talk football. All right, we we got a lot to get through today and a short time to get there, so uh, might as well well dive in. Start off with Monday Night Football was a big fucking deal, apparently, because you and I both have thoughts. I'll, uh, I'll I'll lead the top of this podcast off by mm-hmm. personally apologizing to Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if I have shorted a team more times publicly on this podcast this season than the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe the Carolina Panthers, but that doesn't feel the same because I was justified. Yeah. But every time I feel that I have highlighted a cow- or a, not a Cowboys game, a Seahawks game, it has been to call the Seahawks frauds or pick a significantly large spread. On the other side from them, or to guess that they were going to lose, or talk about what they're doing wrong, or talk like call them like a middling team. Mm-hmm. And they're just fucking stepping up to the plate and winning some of these games, brother. Yeah. I mean, on Monday, Drew Locke comes down the field, wins the game against the defending NFC ch- East or the NFC champions, the Seattle. Jesus Christ, I am all over the place this morning, afternoon. The defending NFC champion Eagles. Does his little backpack celebration on the other, which by the way, our boy our boy catches the game winning touchdown, Jackson Smith yeah. and Jigba. But does his little backpack celebration? They cut over, and Geno Smith's doing the backpack celebration back to him. And Drew has like a whole post game press conference where he just endears himself to everyone. Mm-hmm. Then there's like clips in the locker room of Pete Carroll just doing Pete Carroll y shit where he's just like the best locker room coach on the planet. Yeah. So genuinely. I'm sorry, Seattle, for shorting you. I'll probably continue to short you, but I'm sorry for doing it. Are you kind of having, like, I had the Mike Rabel moment this season
1: where I was like, oh, man, he's a good coach. Are you having that with Pete Carroll?
0: I don't know if it's, ex- like, uh, it's not a great one-to-one mm-hmm. because I've always thought Pete Carroll was, like, his floor was he's a very good coach and his ceiling was he's a Super Bowl-caliber coach. Yeah. Just you look at the longevity and the high quality. Like, what's the worst Seattle season you can think of? Ah. Uh. That first post-Rust season? No, that was last year.
1: That was last year, and they beat expectations. Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm struggling to really think of one. Yeah, like just give you have to even going back, you got to give like Pete Carroll and uh, John Schneider or something Schneider. The he's the GM and
0: yeah, I think it's John. I can't remember top my head. And then
1: like Pete Carroll is involved in roster moves because he's the VP of uh, Football Ops. So he has a say in that stuff.
0: And they were both like, yeah, Russ is cooked. Let's make this trade. Do you think Pete Carroll has to like look at spreadsheets and stuff for that job? Do you think he has to like look at budgets? No, I think they
1: like bring in Oh no, probably not. I don't think he looks at any of that. I think when they, they just bring in like free agents who are thinking about signing, and Pete Carroll just puts the hands on the knees, chomps on gum, and like stares at him. <laughs> kinda like kinda like how uh Oh you've never seen Better Call Saul, so I take I can't make that reference. That's like but... the first season. Okay, so you saw the thing where uh Nacho talks about how uh Tuco, when he's like doing the money thing, gives people the look. He calls it his lie detector. Mm-hmm. he' just, like stares at him. Pete Carroll basically does that, and that's how he decides if he wants to sign people.
0: but he's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a hell of I a... just I pulled it up real quick. Guess the win total in Seattle's worst season under Pete Carroll? I say like uh, seven wins. Seven wins is yeah. the lowest win total, which means this year they've already matched that, so they're, they're probably going to surpass it. But mm-hmm. his first two years as head coach, 2010-2011, were seven win seasons. And then that last Russ year when he was primarily injured was a seven win season. Besides that, 11, 13, 12, 10, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, 9. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. props. All the props in the world to Pete Carroll. That guy just fucking wins games, man.
1: And I strongly recommend to any coach who wants to be the general manager, do what Seattle does and also have like a GM slash president of football ops who works with the coach as has to make these decisions instead of doing it all by yourself or else you end up drafting Cole Strange in the first round.
0: That felt targeted. Oh, what are you talking about? All right, Mike, did you have some other some other Monday Night Football thoughts? I'm sorry yes. that I pushed along my, my apology to Pete Carroll so quick, but we spent... 8 minutes at the start of this podcast talking about bathrooms and Steven Spielberg. I'm sorry. Uh Yeah, I kind of like this isn't a take I like
1: I'm saying I'm endorsing or agreeing with, but sometimes when stuff happens, I think of like local sports radio level of like hot takes that are like, "All right, sell down," but kind of like people would call into like Buffalo radio shows and be like, "I think we should trade for Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Ezekiel Elliott." <laughs> Oh yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. But great idea. Um, so I could just imagine on like some Dallas local sports radio show on Monday morning or Tuesday morning. They're talking about Monday football. They, you know, go to the callers, and some dude calls in, and I don't know. It's like like Bush from Texas and uh, first time, long time. And, Why is Stone Cold
0: uh, calling in under a suit? I don't know.
1: I don't know. By God, you know, I'm watching. I'm watching Monday Night Football last night. And uh, Jalen Hurts throwing interceptions, costing them the game. And uh, I, I, I had a thought, across my mind, that Jalen Hurts the next Cam Newton. You know,
0: Now, a, why were they calling in to Dallas radio to talk about the Philly quarterback? The shit on Philadelphia because they lost and now the Dallas Cowboys are back in. Uh, Wouldn't this make much, much first- more sense for a Philly guy to call into a Philly radio station? And Maybe, have I can't
1: I can't. Into a Philly accent, so I had no to go one to have a Philly accent. It's yeah. complete bullshit. Yeah, but you know, so you know, like with the the hot take idea being that
2: Hurts had a big year. Dallas. Uh no, Stone Cold's from
0: Austin. Is that why his last name's Austin? <laughs> Maybe I think he's from Austin. Didn't you know this? I should. I know he's not from Dallas. Well, that's why you didn't. weren't we're doing Dallas accent. Ridiculous. Okay, get your regional accents right. Yeah, Austin, Texas. Fucking hipster. Yeah. Hipster son of a bitch. Oh, God. Uh, I feel like the basis of this hot
1: take would be that Cam Newton obviously had a big year. Won the freaking MVP. But then like injuries mounted up. I feel like defenses started to adjust and figure out how to play him. And then his career just kind of went downhill. So I feel like the hot take would be Jalen Hurts because he threw one interception to cost him the game. <laughs> Could be on a Cam Newton. He's on a Cam Newton career trajectory
0: thanks for taking the call god bless cowboys god bless cco elliot it's ironic that you're doing like a uh a stone cold accent mm-hmm. because cam newton would make so much more sense in wwe than in the nfl like he was like a premier athlete and had those years yeah. but just he wanted to be a personality so yeah. bad and jalen hurts is the opposite jalen hurts would love it if no one ever talked to him and he could just squat 600 pounds and go play football yeah and then cam
1: newton when the play started to decline, he was like how do i remain relevant oh I'll get a wild ass fashion sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was
0: gonna say hats,
1: hats. Yes. I'll say the news with hats, hats. And remember, he wore like that, like bandana, like thing, like like kind of look like a damsel in distress kind of deal.
0: Yeah, like there's uh, there's really good gifts of him with that on. Yeah, yeah, you get, they're great reaction gifts. Mm-hmm. for those of you out there. The knee reaction gifts. Cam Newton, great subject for that. Yeah, you know but, what was what was what is Apex Mountain to steal a ringer phrase for Cam Newton's career? I mean, it, it was the MVP season. I think it was that one game where he came back from, like, injury, and they were, like, on the 10-yard line, and, and they were playing. Oh, God, I can't remember off the top of my head who they were playing, but they are playing someone, and he was miked up, and the defense recognized the coverage and, like, audibled into something, and he pointed across the line and went, Ah, y'all been watching film. Well, watch this, and immediately threw a touchdown. Yeah. I think that was that the was peak it. for Cam Newton. It was all downhill from there. That was that was the height of it. You get a slight pop back up towards Apex Mountain in his first
1: game with the Patriots where he ran in like what, like a
0: two yard touchdown. He was like, yeah. I'm back. Yeah. They, I'm back. And then uh, name one other Cam Newton headline after he yelled, I'm back. There was not many. No.
1: There was not many. So do you agree with Bush, AKA stone cold, Steve Austin is Jalen hurts the next cam Newton.
0: No, as I've, as I've always said, I've never agreed with stone cold, Steve Austin. Um, Jalen hurts is a good player. And he's going to be a good player for a while. Now, the conversation is, where does he rank? Is he going to be between 8 and 15? Is he going to be between 6 and 10? Like, what is the range where we think Jalen Hurts can actually reach his peak? But Jalen Hurts is someone who, like, hates losing football games. And everywhere he's gone has elevated the team around him. He's dinged up, and his play has declined over the last few weeks. But they've had a lot of internal issues recently. I mean, they've, like, switched play callers. Switched Matt Patricia in at defensive coordinator. Hurts is, like, notably limping two to three times a game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't think he's Cam Newton. I think he's Jalen Hurts. Are we seeing
1: the kind of, like, early, like, are there signs of, like, this team, 2023 Eagles, like, imploding? I mean, to tie into the next thing I wrote down, like, Jalen Hurts' comments saying, like, the team isn't committed enough. AJ Brown, I forgot what the tweet was, but he was going off on Twitter and like going after fans. So he was like, You guys think you know everything? And it's like, all right, like go go to practice and put some work in instead of going on Twitter to attack
0: fans who like constantly are saying wild shit. Listen, the the offense the offense hasn't been struggling until I mean, even recently. Like, let me see. Let me pull up their their totals the last few games. There's been some more down games for Jalen Hurts in this offense than you're remembering. But, we're like, okay, if we go through the last few weeks, right, 17, 13, 19. The last three weeks, not great. But before that, 37 points, 21 points, 28 points, 38 points, 31 points, right? Mm -hmm. Like, some of it feels like recency bias. The offense is still doing well, but on the defense, they've just, like, lost pieces or had people miscast. They they have a ridiculously injured linebacker core and are just getting slaughtered by tight ends and running backs because of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, your your boy, Baby Rhino, um, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter, it just looks gassed on the field now, and probably because he's played yeah. way more snaps now than he ever did in, in college. Yeah, first it, of all, real quick, it's our boy. You were also
1: a big Baby Rhino guy
0: earlier uh, in the year. <laughs> I don't support anyone who drives dangerously ever. Okay. Um, I just think that... I think that the defense is the issue right now. I think mm-hmm. that the defense doesn't have as many pieces as they need. They're injured at cornerback. They had like this stupid athletic kid playing the slot this last week, whose name eludes me right now, but he's not like refined at all as a receiver and immediately like fucking Drew Locke was picking on him. Yeah. And so they definitely had some offensive struggles the last few weeks, but I'd like, I just come back to, I think Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and that offensive line are worth 10 wins a year in perpetuity. Hell of a pick, though, by Julian Love. Hell of a pick by Julian Love. Yeah. Credit I, mean, to. I mean, that was going to be incomplete anyway, because
1: A.J. Brown was underthrown. And he tried to come back to it, but he was like falling backwards with the other defender, like basically laying on top of him. So I think that ball, if it wasn't picked, was going to hit the uh, Seattle like, QB right in the middle of the numbers on his back.
0: If... I think it was Witherspoon who was on coverage in that play. I'd have yeah, to go back man. and check. Um, if you found out this offseason that Jalen Hurts had like a hip and hamstring surgery, would that surprise you? I mean, it's like the the play just doesn't seem quite right right now. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, I, f- I feel like it's this football is football and everyone gets hip and <laughs> hamstring
1: surgery every year. Yeah, especially after you were a team and you look with high expectations and you don't meet them.
2: Like, yeah, the, that's the other the thing
0: it, it, we're talking about a team that did play as many games physically possible last year and this year is probably gonna do that again those extra games man they they didn't get up i feel I like, like uh a cat over there or something what's going on
1: no i feel like for some reason i feel like we always see this with like big body quarterbacks like they take these shots and they get beat up but they keep get get up and get playing while they have like for like mild injuries across
0: their body that we find out about. <laughs> I feel like, to, like it's it's a certain kind of quarterback, right? Like a certain kind of mentality. Like I feel like if I was to if we were to do a draft. Here, fuck it. Let's let's do it real quick. Current active quarterbacks. We're drafting purely off who do you think will play through an injury? Okay. That's that's the premise. All right, first pick goes to you. Who are you taking? Josh nice Allen. Taking Stafford, too. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, I'll grab Jalen Hurts. Oh man, it gets a little harder after those top three, right? Two and tried it is- didn't go well. Yeah, I, two is two is not a good example for that. Uh, I'll go Justin Herbert.
2: Yeah, that's another good one. And then I'll go
0: Aaron Rodgers. You see that he's active now, but <laughs> isn't going to play. Yeah, big shocker there. And I'll take uh, Joe Burrow last.
1: He did. He played through the worst hamstring, or yeah, the worst calf injury in history.
0: Yeah. So I, but I, I think the takeaway is our top four there are all big-bodied guys who play through injury, except for. Well, uh, our t- like our top, like each of our top two picks. Yeah. Yeah, we're big-bodied guys who play through injuries. So I think it's just like a certain mentality type, right? Like I think that Stafford, Hurts, and Allen, specifically. You would have to drag their corpses off the field before they would voluntarily take snaps off. Yeah, I mean, it would it would have to be an injury where it's like I can't, like my
1: leg. I have to be on crutches. I can't. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, it, it, I I say all this to say, it wouldn't surprise me if it came out. Oh, yeah, Hertz is fucking hurt right now, man. He's hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got any more thoughts on this, Mike? You want to bury the Eagles further? You got you got you got some, you got some shit to talk about, Nick Sirianni.
1: He's such a douchebag. <laughs> I feel like the Eagles are are burying themselves enough these last three weeks.
0: So I don't need well, to. Matt Patricia, you got Matt Patricia thoughts? I don't. I don't punch down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Next up, at the start of the season, we picked the Atlanta Falcons as the team we would follow for the season, and liked drinking too much the night before. It was fun at the time, and I regret it so much now. This week. We have the Colts at Falcons. The Falcons, who made a very intelligent, big-brain quarterback switch. But before we get into that, I got a I question for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is it is it time to give Arthur Smith the boot? The owner of the Falcons came out this week, Arthur Blank, and said that Smith's job is safe, barring something disastrous. And I don't know if he's watched this Falcon season, but something disastrous has already happened.
2: Yeah.
1: Um back to back 7 and 10 seasons right now they're 6 and 8 and they have the Colts Bears and Saints they'll probably lose possibly two of those uh and be like 7 and 10 I don't know if I don't I don't know if they're going to
0: move on from them I don't think it but I think they should would,
1: I think it would take some pretty embarrassing
0: blowouts for it to happen <laughs> Is losing to Carolina 9 to 7 not an embarrassing margin of victory no, that is pretty embarrassing. That's a good point. That's pretty fucking
1: embarrassing. But I had a point I wanted to kind of jump on there. Like, shouldn't, like, some blame or possible, like, hot seat talk be going towards their GM, Terry Fontenot, 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 how do you pronounce that? Because, so he takes over for off, uh after the 2020 season where they went 4-12. and And then he goes into the draft and he's a 4-12 and team. And he's like, we need a tight end at number four. That will get us going. Um, and this was after, that was the same year they cleaned house. Like, F was gone. Dan Quinn was gone. The whole company. Matt Ryan was gone. Yeah, Matt Ryan was gone. So then in comes Arthur Smith and Terry. They take Pitts. The following year, they go seven and ten. And they're like, eighth overall pick. As great of a player as he is, Drake London. We don't have a quarterback, but we're going to take Drake London. And then, in 2022, they go 7 and 10, and they come into the draft, and they're like, you know, what we need more skill position players. We had an amazing running attack last year, but
0: why stop now? Let's take Bijan number eight. My thought on quarterback in the draft is that if you love a guy enough to think that he's the future of the franchise, you should trade every asset you can to trade up for him. And if you don't, everything should be a dart throw. And the thing that is saving Dimitriev's career is that he's only taken one dart throw. Not Dimitriov. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not Dimitriov. Fucking, what's his name? I got, just got Dimitriov in my head now. Turi sure, he not. Yeah. Uh, it's just that he's taken one dart throw, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't traded up for a quarterback. He hasn't made multiple late-round, mid-round picks they are supposed to be the quarterback of the future. The resources he has spent on quarterback has been third-round pick for, De- fifth-round pick for Desmond Ritter, right? Mm-hmm. Minimal money for Taylor Heineke, minimal money for Marcus Mariota. And I'm not even saying like,
1: oh, they should have like gotten a quarterback in like twenty twenty two probably would have been the year to move up and try to do it. Twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one draft, I'm not saying they should have, but there's probably positions you could have taken to help the framework of your team instead of going with the skill position player behind well, the
0: draft. Once again, I'm going to push back on that. As much I'm as not. I would love to bury this this organization, they have one of the best offensive lines in the game and one of the best defenses in the game. Yeah, but they're...
2: The I only would, weakness now, you I... can really
0: point to is their quarterback. This defense is a bit of a mirage for me. Because they played a ridiculously easy schedule?
1: Yeah, and you look at some of the teams, like Jacksonville put up 37, the Browns put up 39 on them, the Saints put up 38. Titans thirty one. Jake Browning put thirty four on them. Yeah, oh, wait, and a, I oh, will hey, say. T- I wait, hold on. I was looking. At the, I was looking at the Colt schedule.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, I gotta edit all that out. I know yeah, that all did.
1: sounded weird to me, and I, but I wasn't willing to push back because I'm an idiot. Yeah, never mind. They've actually like given up over thirty once, and that was to the
0: Vikings in a game they won. They lost. Nah, it was worth a shot, right? <laughs> what if I was right, <laughs> now it seemed so fucking smart. Um, like, and there's pieces on the defense that it's like, this shouldn't work, but A, they seem to have a really good defensive coordinator, and B, it seems like they have enough depth pieces. Like, the Jesse Bates signing should go in the fucking Hall of Fame, man. Yeah, it's worked out. Amazingly. Then their offensive line is fucking stacked. Calais Campbell is producing at 60 years old on their defensive line. Like, the team is well built as long as Arthur Smith's fucking grubby little FedEx rich fingers don't touch the the pie. Like... Can we blame the GM because Arthur Smith only gives fifteen touches to their top ten drafted running back in Bijan Robinson, or that Arthur Smith has Janu Smith running the same amount of routes as Kyle Pitts?
2: Yeah, so
1: that's true. Maybe the Heat should be more on Arthur Smith. I, I, I am more. I might be more on your side now. Do you think? Like, they're so desperate that they're like, we can't take any more Ritter, so it's time for a Heineke. And someone's,
0: someone's job must be quietly on the line. That's the reason yeah. you make that quarterback switch.
2: Yeah,
1: so do you think, like, right now they're 10th. So let's say they finish in the top 10, or in that top 15
0: range. I mean, is it, like, dead set, all the talk going into the draft's going to be like, Atlanta's taking a quarterback? No, I don't think. Like, that. they should, but no. I think that this is the prime candidate to trade for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Can I can I tell you my conspiracy theory on why Arthur Smith's seat is safe? Why? I think the owner of the Falcons, Arthur Blank, is worried that if he fires Smith, Smith is going to buy the Falcons out from under him. Smith has that kind of money. His dad owns FedEx. Oh yeah.
2: I feel like people, not enough people, are talking about that. So is, but all right. His dad owns
1: FedEx, so he's got. I mean, is he even t- is this even a job he takes seriously? He doesn't need the money. <laughs>
0: That's that's another conspiracy theory I've heard before, is that the reason Smith isn't giving touches to Bijan and isn't giving a lot of play to Kyle Pitts is because he feels like he earned his place in the world and so everyone has to. Mm-hmm. He like refuses to do nepotism even with like high draft picks, but that's like a complete misunderstanding of the way the draft works. Like you don't just randomly pick players high because you like their families.
1: Yeah, that's cutting off
0: your nose to Spiderface. Yeah. It's cutting off your nose to spider face.
1: Nothing cutting off your nose. Let me ask you this.
0: I'm going to name three quarterbacks, and you tell Mm -hmm. me who the worst of the three is. Okay. Desmond Ritter, Mm -hmm. Taylor Heineke, Mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota. uh, Desmond Ritter. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota last year had one of the worst quarterback seasons of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm
1: like my memory is fogged by that year where he came in a few games as like a backup. forgot where he was and he the looked Raiders
0: good. or the saints.
1: I can't remember which one it was now. My memory is just totally fogged. <laughs> it's not doing, it's t- it's not doing well. You know, what's going to happen though. Like there's going to be talk like, Oh, they could trade for fields. They could take QB in the draft. They do this, that, and then they're going to end up signing Kirk cousins with one Achilles. Like, it's I, can't
0: I can't wait for them to draft Malik neighbors.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for them to trade up. And they're like
0: they trade up to two. like They're going for Drake May, and they're like uh, Brock Bowers. Number yeah, two. I, over say, I can't wait for us to show up next year, and they, it's Taylor Heineke throwing to Drake London, Brock Bowers, Kyle Pitts, Janu Smith, Bijan Robinson, and Tyler Algiers. And all the targets somehow still go to uh, Janu Smith. <laughs> yeah. Cordero Patterson leads the team yeah. in targets. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Mike. Congratulations. You now own the Atlanta Falcons. First off, you moving them out of Atlanta? Keeping them there? What do you think? Hmm. I'll keep them in Atlanta. Okay. What you getting that Chick-fil-A out of there? you making them open on Sunday?
2: Would I have the
1: power to do that? Make Chick-fil-A open on Sunday?
0: Only, I think only God has that power. That's a good <laughs> yeah, point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think but he has to send a message.
0: To the, uh, the brand new owner uh-huh. of the Atlanta Falcons uh, we've already done everything for the offseason. We've already done the draft and everything, so you have no say there. Are you firing Arthur, Arthur Smith, or are you keeping him on for another year? I don't know. I have, like, a problem with mediocrity.
1: You're either, like, moving forward, or you're just stuck and stale. So
0: another 7 and 10 season would not make me happy. I know... I know we already referenced It's Always Sunny, so I don't really want to hammer this, but it's like the gun fever episode. Why didn't we meet in the middle on some of this shit, man? Like, I used to be the tanker titles guy. I'm not tanker titles. Oh, okay. But I you're not tanker titles. you just either lose a lot of games or win all of them
1: no, I'm fine. like I'm not tanker titles, like I can understand people who get into the playoffs as a wild card team a few years in a row because it's like all right, we were making the playoffs. there could be there's something here to build upon, but if you're just on the outside of the playoffs looking in constantly, like that's not a good situation to be in all
0: right Mike I, I think it's time we move on here and talk about this Colts Falcons game, uh Colts Falcons. This, this should be is, Monday night football. this is the what the fuck is going on with Vegas this week? We'll talk about this more a little bit right? later. But Colts at Falcons, and the Falcons are favored by a point and a half? The over-under is 44 and a half? Do they know Taylor Heineke's playing in this game? Like, who? I Yeah, I
1: I literally wrote in the rundown. After I wrote the line, I went, seriously? I know it's only one point, but under no circumstances should the Falcons be favored Really against anybody at this point. We
0: lost to the Panthers in a game that featured 16 points last week. 13? Oh, yeah, 16. 15? No, 16. (laughs) (laughs) That's staying in the final cut. Yeah, that was pretty bad. (laughs) You really wanted to crunch my math there. I did. But seriously, what does Vegas know that we don't know? I mean, it's not even like... Let me me look at something real quick here. Would You you expect Atlanta to be in a game that featured 44 and a half points against anyone this season? Would you expect an Atlanta-Miami game to go for 44 and a half points?
1: No, it's not even like they have some sort of amazing record at home. Like, that's what's tilting this. It makes absolutely no sense.
0: Like, did we miss that Mike Vrabel, uh, not even Mike Vrabel, that Shane Steichen was in like a fatal car crash and no one's announced it yet?
1: I hope not. That'd be very sad. I would stink. Some would say. That would that would stink. Let's see about this. David Onyemata still questionable. Chris Lindstrom still questionable. Oh, But they added...
0: both missed last week.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there's still a lot of guys who are questionable. Albeit, it's this list I'm looking at was updated on the 19th. But Mac Hollins is questionable. But, but they, they got Taylor win.
0: Heineke starting. Taylor Heineke blows dick. He's so bad. I enjoy watching Heineke. I find there's some fun. I watched him for fucking 18 games or whatever. He's bad. He's bad.
1: Yeah. If I had to watch him like as a QB on my team for like basically multiple seasons, I would not
0: like it. Every ball he throws requires the cameraman to pan. And it's just a fucking coin flip. You're like, when he pans over, there might be a defensive back completely alone that the ball floats into his hands. Or it could be Terry McLaurin in triple coverage and drop right into his pocket. Yeah,
1: you never
2: know.
0: That's what's exciting about it. You never know. <laughs> Taylor Heineke is the Russian roulette of quarterbacks. Ooh, that'd be a good nickname. The Russian roulette. The Russian roulette. Here's, here's a great summation of Taylor Heineke's skill level. Taylor Heineke was an undrafted free agent whose favorite quarterback was Brett Favre.
1: Yeah, I don't know if in today's NFL you want to be like, Brett Favre was my guy. Like, okay, so you're going to th- throw like... What? Yeah, every game is going to be three 40 touchdowns
0: touch- and two interceptions.
1: Yeah, 40 touchdowns and 25 interceptions this season. Yeah. Who are you, Josh Allen? <laughs> Zing. I, shot, I picked on my own self.
0: <laughs> you picked on your own self. All right, Mike, did you have any analysis on this game, or you just want to get our, our parlays out there? I don't... Every week when I put my notes
1: together, I start to think about doing some analysis, but it's a Falcons game. So I quickly get distracted by anything else
0: well i've uh i've hit i think one money line i've bet for the falcons in the last Mm -hmm. four or five weeks so probably fade me if i bet a money line in my parlay here Mm -hmm. my parlay went colt's money line it's not plus money it's minus 102 but come on guys what are we doing here under 44 and a half The ninth straight week, I'm going to say this, bet the fucking Falcons under until the heat death of the universe. They don't hit overs, man. They only hit unders. Also, they are fucking terrible against the spread. Taylor Heineke under 202.5 passing yards and the first half under 21.5, which you can bet first half under and game under and still get uh, longer odds than if you didn't bet both of those. So just to recap, Colts money line under 44 and a half total points. Taylor Heineke under 202 and a half passing yards and under 21 and a half first half points. That brings it to plus
2: 553. Pretty good. Pretty good. I made a more modest parlay. I don't believe you. I really did. It's only uh, only four legs.
1: Mine was also only four legs. Yeah, I think yours were longer odds because mine's only plus 1690. Uh, yeah, mine was plus five hundred and fifty three. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I thought you meant bet ten to win five hundred and fifty three. <laughs> um. So yeah, what a weak ass parley why even bet that to win like fifty
0: bucks. Because I'm the only one that hits these things when we make them.
1: All right. So
0: I got Colts money line. First of all, it's plus one eighteen. Like, oh, I don't man. know what this is like the Monday Night Football thing when everyone in the studio picks the same team and that team <laughs> yeah. inevitably loses. Uh,
1: But I also agree that this is the Falcons, so it's an under under 44 and a half. Even if the Colts put up 28, I don't really trust the Falcons to put up the other, what, 16 points or 17 points they would need. Um, I actually, because I think the Falcons are going to be behind, especially in the second half, and it's Taylor Heineke. uh, I I took Taylor Heineke at 225 plus yards. That's plus 158. I'm snagging it. I'm taking it. And then, lastly, because he's the hottest, most beloved wide receiver or er, target for the Falcons, Janu Smith three plus receptions, plus one eighteen. You plus money, Janu Smith is just a fucking magnet for these
0: these Falcons QBs. Please tell me the last time Janu Smith has gotten more than three receptions. Pull up his game log. Uh, okay, it was only two weeks ago. That's not bad. That it feels like uh less but he has done it man he's on a start the season <laughs> yeah. uh he's done it once out of the last one two three four five weeks i don't hate it i thought i was gonna hate it more but he got yeah. fucking seven targets in that tampa bay game right and
1: like weeks two through seven he passed it and then week nine he passed that so it's not it's not as bad as like whatever i did with like drake london i did like drake london anytime touchdown score and you're like why do you keep doing this to yourself
0: now janu smith's gonna get zero targets and drake london's gonna score a touchdown
1: <laughs> hey maybe i'll jinx janu and kyle pitts will finally play football again you're welcome kyle. yeah what do you think kyle pitts does on sundays i imagine he's on the sidelines doing like like knitting a quilt
0: like macrame assume, or something i assume he's like live streaming fortnite while on the sidelines definitely I mean, yeah, you know, from his home, wherever he is on Sundays. I don't know. I haven't seen him. He doesn't show up to the games and still no one's noticed yet. Yeah, he's 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 in Aruba and there's just a cutout on the sideline wearing a, wearing a Kyle Pitts jersey. Yeah, Arthur Smith, he runs all turns to it and he's like, you're on the bench still, Pitts. Sit down. <laughs> all right, Mike, you, you got any more thoughts on this game? You ready to talk uh, more interesting games?
1: More interesting games. But this also feels like one of those ones where like Falcons are totally losing and then somehow they win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna win forty four and a half to zero. Oh. Push. What a push. With zero targets to Janu Smith. Um I'll tell you what, Mike, you made the rundown. Why don't you uh why don't you kick it off this week? All right, week sixteen preview. We got Thursday night
1: football tonight. I think it's a dookie one, right? Yeah, Saints Rams. Uh but then it's like three straight dookie. days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, red hot NFL action. Real quick, Adam, what are your opinions on Christmas games? Ooh,
0: that's funny because I have that written down in my Google Doc. Okay. Uh, I I really didn't know you
1: did. You didn't tell me that. That's amazing. I did not.
0: I did not. I had Christmas Day games. Ask Mike if he likes them or not. (laughs) Uh, I don't like them. Yeah, me neither. Christmas is for the NBA. All right? I get it. The NFL and the NBA are competing. They're never going to agree on stuff. They each want the same viewers. But it really pisses me off cuz I want to watch basketball on Christmas. But now I'm going to have to watch football on Christmas and basketball on Christ- like how do how am I going to balance this, Mike? I'm going to be in Chesapeake. I don't have two fucking monitors set up there. Yeah, it's it was a deal, you know.
1: It was settled. Everybody had their territory. NFL gets Thanksgiving. NBA gets Christmas and then college football gets New Year's. Mhm. It's the way it's been since the dawn of time, since Gerald Ford was in office. Nay, since Ulysses sure, S. Grant I'm, was in office.
0: I'm pretty sure that was Jesus' first proclamation.
1: It was. And on the seventh day, he said, all right, this is how the sports schedule is going to go. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of anything more clever for what he said. <laughs> so I agree. They're stepping on people's turf. Fucking Roger Goodell. All right. To get into the game, though. My game of the week. Cowboys at Dolphins. Miami is currently minus one and a half. That makes sense. They're at home. Cowboys just got kicked around. Uh, Hill and A-Chain back at practice. That's a pretty big thing. Hopefully Hill. Is done, Hill back? Last time Hill. I saw
0: Hill wasn't there, but I didn't check today. Hill As of today.
1: Yeah, okay. Hill and uh, A-Chain, I apologize, are back at practice.
0: Has uh, anyone started calling him 4chan yet? <laughs> God, I hope so. Or I guess 8chan makes more sense with his name, right? What's his jersey number? Uh, 21. Oh, yeah. 21chan doesn't sound good. You made I that, up, I just made that you? up, Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to double-check that for me? I'm going to go with 10. I think that him and Hill wear the same jersey. David? 28. David? Devon? The fuck, who the fuck is David? Uh, David A. Chain! <laughs> owner of Used car lots in the regional United States.
1: <laughs> Devon A Chan is number 28. So I guess it would be. Can we just
0: turn this podcast over? Oh, there Do we go. After... 20,
1: 28 Chan.
0: There you go. 28 Chan.
1: Yeah, that works. Uh, That's where QAnon I, went on started. I like how the, a lot of the conversation post Bills game with Dallas was, and even the Dallas players commented on it. Like, we have to figure this road thing out. They're three and five on the road. It's not like they're <laughs> 0 and 8. They're not the Warriors last year. Right. So I was surprised by the amount of talk about it. But with that said, they just got bullied for 60 minutes and ran all over. So if you have Raheem Mostert in fantasy, you're advancing in your playoffs. Or Devon HM. Or Devon Achan. Who I if have. HN, if HM doesn't go, I think Mostert has three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even... Do you he has like 20 touchdowns or something like on
0: the season already? Yeah. It's unreal. He's scoring like two touchdowns a week, man.
1: Yeah. So I, I put his over under on uh, rushing touchdowns at two and a half for sure on this one. I'm hammering
0: the over, baby. I think Dax. I'm putting MVP... it at I'm putting it at negative one, and I'm hammering the over. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that he gets he gets more than negative one touchdowns on Sunday. Negative one. Yeah. If you're letting me set the line, I'm setting it at negative one.
1: <laughs> the world's wildest sports book, brought to you by Adam. Uh, I think Dax MVP is like on the line here. Three games left in the season. If he
0: doesn't have a good game, I think he's out. It's a big week for MVPs being on the line. Let me say, I I I think that you and I are morally opposed on this. This one hundred percent feels like a game the Dolphins lose.
1: Yeah, because it's the Dolphins. They haven't really beat a good team. They don't
0: beat anyone. They don't beat anyone. Who is the Dolphins' best win? Denver. I mean, they put up a lot of points. This is uh, this is a competition between a legit Super Bowl contender and a team that beats the fuck out of bad teams. Yeah, it's kind of a prove it game for two teams. Yeah, it really like, is. If if Miami loses this game, can we go back to not taking them seriously? Like people are talking about them as the best team in the AFC.
2: Ugh.
0: Who the fuck have they beat? No one. No Char-
2: one.
1: Chargers week one, back when they yeah, were healthy.
0: That's a big win.
1: Yeah, and then they beat, Pats, Broncos,
0: Giants, Panthers.
1: That's pre Tommy DeVito Giants. That's true. Pats again. They beat the Raiders twenty to thirteen. Big win, big dubs. Uh, Jets, commies, and then Jets again. They lost to the Titans.
2: Sorry, like we the were the like, Titans, all
1: right. So like oh, uh, you know they lost to the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs. They lost to like good possible
0: Super Bowl teams, and they lost to the Titans. <laughs> that's what you said right like they lost to possible Super Bowl teams you know who else is a possible Super Bowl Bowl team the Dallas Cowboys the Dallas Cowboys yeah like you have no idea. I'm already
1: I got the whiteboard I got the scenario planned planned out I'm like Cowboys get this win and fucking Baltimore beats them next week when they have to go to Baltimore week 18 for the division baby between Buffalo (laughs) like I am
2: so ready for that
0: Miami's got to win two of these games to, to feel like a threat at all. And there's no fucking way they do. There's I, no way they're beating two of Dallas, Buffalo, Baltimore.
1: That's why when I went into like thinking about this game and predicting it, I was like, oh, Cowboys got beat up really bad. They're still on the road. Mike McDaniels, fantastic like offensive guru, so he'll be able to put up points on Dallas. We just saw how they struggled against the run last week. But then I just came back to, oh, it's the Dolphins. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and the Bills' defense has been surging the last few weeks and really showed out against Dallas in the secondary. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins' defense has been regressing and has serious injuries everywhere. Yeah. Dak's going to fucking cook him with a flamethrower, man. Yeah. MVP on the line. MVP,
1: MVP on, the line. on the line. So I'm going to go ahead and say... Yeah, because Dallas... Oh, yeah, obviously, because it goes with my manifesto. Miami loses the next two games. Bills win the division. Uh, Cowboys win. I'm going to say something like 30 to 23. Like, I think the teams will be able to put up points, but just Dallas will be able to put up more. And then my specific prediction, which I totally came up beforehand, not doing it right off the top of my head now, not rambling to buy myself time, is, oh my God, this is going to be take so much editing. (laughs) Building up suspense, Adam. Got to make the people want it. Ah, I'll go with the boring one. I'll say our guy, Deron Bland, picks off to a, to end the game i'm gonna say some of no, times even better dron bland jumps a route on tyreek hill's
0: bitch ass and picks the ball up to end the game <laughs> he said i'm gonna be boring and then predicted a specific player to jump a specific route at a specific time yes against a guy who's questionable <laughs> we don't know if he's gonna play <laughs> Occam's Razor leads me to believe you'll be wrong. All right, Mike. Any more thoughts on this game? Nope. My game of the week. Monday night. Going back-to-back Monday night games. Ravens at Niners. The true game of the week. Yes. Forty minus 5.5. Over under 43.5. Can I tell you my favorite thing about this game going into it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell me. Game opened at San Francisco minus 3. Ravens players made a huge thing in the media about how they were being disrespected, and then the line <laughs> jumped another two and a half points towards San Francisco. That's amazing. <laughs> it was so funny to go in on Monday and see like ESPN headlines where it's like Ravens players frustrated that they're a, a three-point underdog to San Francisco and then pull up FanDuel and the line was five and a half. This is uh this is the other game where it's who's gonna win the fucking MVP, man? Someone's gotta show out this this week. Dak, Lamar, or Purdy? Someone's got to stamp their name on that award this week. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Lamar's like hovering
1: around the outside of like the Syria. Like, of he's the a lot. best odds now. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I haven't heard as much talk in the media about it. So, but if he, I mean, Baltimore defense could give Purdy fits. Yeah, I mean, he has so many weapons. But who knows? But he has a big game here. They beat the Niners. Yeah, I think he's definitely.
0: Could 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 come out the favorite when the dust settles. So right now, it's Purdy minus 200, and Lamar's 5-1. to one. Can you think of two more opposed QBs stylistically than Brock Purdy yeah. and Lamar Jackson? Yeah. It's like, what does Brock Purdy do? Okay, well, he's in an offense that works like a machine around him. He throws a lot of yak passes, and he can move some, but not much. It's like, okay, what does Lamar do? Uh, Lamar throws fucking bombs downfield or runs the ball, and that's it. I'm I'm still trying to think of two that are more, I, I guess, Brady and somebody?
1: <laughs> Maybe? Kirk Cousins and Mike Vick? Oh, it's so funny, because I was going to say Ryan Tannehill and Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> T- Tannehill was sneaky, sneaky athletic when it came to ro- taking off of the feet. Sneaky athletic. Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Vick? Ben Roethlisberger was another one who took his doughboy ass and... Let's scramble out of the pocket.
0: But his Those thing Those last was... few years in Pittsburgh, though, he just turned into a goddamn statue back there. Or I guess oh, more aptly, based off his face, a gargoyle. Yeah, he could not move. He refused to move. <laughs> he was just under center. He refused to go under center, also. He was just in shotgun. It was yeah. just Ben Roethlisberger in shotgun, zero step drop, throw it seven yards downfield in an interception. Mm-hmm. Those were the days, man. Those, Those are the days. days. When Ben Roethlisberger was standing out there in shotgun, couldn't bend over enough to really get to the ball, just made of rebar. Ah, uh, Antoine
1: randall L. touchdown pass in the Super Bowl for some reason is burned into my brain forever.
0: I wonder what that is for me. You know what? Off-season, off-season podcast idea, what sports memories sit with you that don't involve your team? Oh, that's a good idea. We should do that. Someone write it down. Is there an argument to be made that this game is the
2: best offense in the league versus the best defense?
1: Yeah. I mean, if the Niners were playing either like Baltimore or...
0: The Browns. I feel like that would be true. The two number one seeds. I feel like there's this is one of those styles make fights. Like the Ravens might have one of the only linebackers who's capable of actually covering Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Queen. Like the guy is just jump out of the gym athletic. San Francisco's got some D line injuries. All the running backs on the Ravens are hurt. I don't know. This this feels like it's gonna be a competitive game. Like five and a half is too big of a line, I think.
1: Yeah, I wonder if some people are expecting the Niners to do that Niners thing where they kind of like what they did with the Cowboys and the Eagles. Where people were like, oh, two NFC Championship favorites, and they just walked in and just beat the living shit out of them. Maybe they're predicting we can see another one. It's kind of funny because this Baltimore defense is really good. So as I mentioned earlier, it's like, oh, this is, uh, I don't know, Jim, this, this, this is going to be where Purdy might struggle, Jim. But then you think about how Purdy's constantly propped up by McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. It's yeah.
0: yeah, and just an outrageous offensive line, too. But like mm-hmm. I said, like the, the back end of the Ravens feels unlike anything else that the 49ers have competed with. Like I think that this is the best safety duo that the 49ers have gone up against. This is the best linebacking duo that the Niners have gone up against. Probably not the best pass rush. I'm not a big, you know, Yannick and Gakwe guy. Is he still there? No. <laughs> or is he on the Bears? He's on the Bears. There you go.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it'll be interesting to see if if like Debo and IU card, like really like tightly covered, can Purdy drop those those pass like, you know, drop those dimes over their shoulder and into their hands or shovel ball into it. <laughs> I don't like that I said shove, but <laughs> shovel ball into a tat window. <laughs> That kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and this the 49ers defense has, has been a little dinged up and not playing as well. Um, It looks like uh, Javon Hargrave and Teron Armstead are going to miss the game, so the defensive line isn't going to be quite there. I don't know. I, this seems like a, it might be a big Lamar day. Maybe the Ravens can squeak this one out. I, I je- definitely think the Ravens cover. I don't think this is a touchdown game. I can see a lot of people teasing this one. I don't partake in
1: teasers, but I can see a lot of people doing it. You don't partake in teasers? No. You seem like the prime audience to partake in teasers. No, if I'm going to do like an alt spread, it's usually I'm, I'm taking
0: it lower. <laughs> you just refuse to win less money than you bet. Like you would never bet $100 to win $90.
1: I hit four to of last week. I bet on co- the college football bowl games. I hit four to six.
2: You bet straights. Try it th- no, a lot of them were spreads. Okay. Well, that's betting straight. So it is, yeah. No, I didn't, yeah.
1: I, I bet him straight. You were yeah, basically accepted. It. Yeah, like, if it's, if it's not college football, I no longer have any
0: confidence gameplay All right. My score prediction for this one, I think it might be like 28 27. Ravens squeak it out with a two point conversion. Hmm? Yeah. Ravens, Ravens go balls to the wall and win this one. All the my play al- was what's sorry. What's, what's the two point conversion play? That's not, not telling you that. That's not my only specific prediction. That's not how this right. game works. You want to give out the two point conversion play? Coward.
1: I like uh, I like a little Lamar Bootsky.
0: I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Philly special. Mm. Same players too. Nick Foles catches the pass for the two point conversion. <laughs> Does Keaton Mitchell throw it on crutches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Connor Stallions throws it. <laughs> my only specific prediction. Isaiah likely under 38 and a half receiving yards. Hmm. Came up with that number just off the top of my head, you know. Didn't find it anywhere. Yeah, didn't check any books. Is this like a kind of like a, all right,
1: settle down moment for the likely train?
0: It's a little bit of a all right, settle down moment. It's also like, uh, I think over the past few weeks, we've seen the, the, the switch flip where Lamar's like, oh, this Zay Flowers receiver is the best guy I've played with my time here. That's why we drafted him. <laughs> Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham have been by far the best receiver duo that Lamar's thrown to in his career. And I think that that started to click in with him, and now he's. I think we're going to see him just lean less and less on the tight end, especially without Mark Andrews out there. I was about to ask you if there is a Lamar Anquan Bolden overlap, but the, it wasn't even close. I think. Yeah, I think Anquan Bolden retired from the NFL in 1999, so definitely. All right, Mike, you want to give me another game?
2: Hell yeah! Let's <laughs> <laughs> go with the Jags at Bucks. Uh, let me let me do a little.
1: Uh, last time I checked, it was bucks minus one and a half. I don't know if it
2: moved or not. And you can't make me check. I thought you said you were checking. I am. Ooh, it's moved. It's now bucks minus two and a half. I wonder if that has
1: anything to do with T-Law and his status. Uh, can we all settle down here on this bucks <laughs> thing? I <laughs> Can we settle down? Every year, you can go back through the annals of NFL history and you will see some team late in the year, they'll get to like 500 and people will be like,
2: this team's kind of frisky. They could get in
1: the playoffs here. And then like the last like three weeks of the season, they take a loss where they kind of just expose who they are and like, oh, yeah, we're not a playoff team. I think that's what's going to happen here with Tampa Bay, even though Jacksonville are 100% total and complete frauds. Who so this is how Tampa's season has gone. They started three and one in that span. They lost to Philly, but they beat Minnesota, Chicago, and the Saints. Then they lost four straight to Detroit, Atlanta, Buffalo, and Houston. And now they're four and two in their last six. They've lost to San Francisco and Indy, the two good teams they've played. And they've beaten Tennessee, Carolina, Atlanta. And I wrote one of them down wrong because I wrote Detroit when <laughs> they definitely did not play Detroit twice.
2: Um but the point being is they have not beat that many good teams. Baker's thrown against
0: good defenses, though. But it's like... was the yeah. Packers? That was the other one. Sorry. I think... I think Baker Mayfield is just the most famous version of Joshua Dobbs. Like, yeah, you're going to get some of these periods where Baker just starts cooking for a minute or two. But let's, let's be real about what Baker is. There's a reason he's on his fourth NFL team, and it's not because everyone who runs NFL teams is idiots.
2: You know who Baker is for me?
0: Sam Howell. <laughs> no.
2: Sam Howell's Kirkland brand, Baker Mayfield.
0: How dare you? Sam I Howell is at least great value brand. I said it. So he is
1: the new Derek Carr for me. And what I mean for that is for a long time, I considered Derek Carr. That I'd rank him 16th in my quarterback rankings which means he's right in the middle. He's an average NFL quarterback. He's basically the barrier to entry if you want to get into the upper half of like NFL starting quarterback rankings. If you want to be in that top 15 category, you got to be better than him. But the way Mayfield's playing this year, he's the new Derek Carr for me. Like, Congrats to him considering how things went. I feel like this is the first time basically since the year after Stefanski won coach of the year started just like falling apart with injuries. feels like maybe this is the first time we've seen him healthy and confident since then. So props to him, he's back in the league. He has been a solid
0: starter this year, but let's sell down a little bit on this hype train. Can I give you a better one than Derek Carr? Yes, please. He's Ono. Oh no. <laughs> you don't You don't count as a wrestler on the nxt roster until you pin cash zone at least you didn't during the original black and gold era you don't count as a quarterback in the nfl until you're better than baker mayfield yeah that's fair i would say that yeah he's the he's
2: the gatekeeper yeah yeah he's the jbl i don't know if i'd say that (laughs) qt marshall qt marshall
1: no longer with aw don't start with me i'm gonna go on a tangent Uh, T-Law is in concussion protocol, so that could possibly be a problem.
0: You think Doc should find his brain in there somewhere? Nah, that was mean. (laughs) Oh, 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 man.
1: (laughs) Coming for the jugular. For a man who used to be a, a T Law sympathizer. I still like haven't been
0: him. I still haven't been Dynasty. God, it, I cannot express to you how fucking dumb he's he came off on the Manning cast <laughs> and how that one experience has ruined him for me. That ruined him
1: for you. If if T Law can't go, we're turning it over to former 49ers backup CJ Bethard.
0: I knew it was CJ Bethard. I was so excited yeah. that I knew that. Yeah. How about this? How about this? You know where former 49ers backup Nick Mullins is? Oh, Minnesota. Yeah, there you go. Ah, oh, This is a fun game.
1: How about former 49ers
0: game. backup Jimmy Garoppolo? I think he's just hanging out at home. Yeah. It's him, and, him and Kyle Pitts are in Aruba together. Yeah. He's like, shouldn't you be somewhere? He's like, nah. They never notice I'm not there. They put on the Falcons game. Like, aren't you a standing a, there on the sidelines?
1: All of a sudden, his phone starts ringing. It says Arthur Smith. He's like,
0: oh, I gotta go. I gotta go.
1: Um, I hate ever betting on the Jags. But I think this could be a game where Tampa somehow loses. Like, Even though I don't think they're going to get blown out, I think it's going to be one of those games where all of a sudden the offense really struggles and looks terrible, and we're like, oh, okay, that's the Bucks. I will give Tampa credit, though. I like their defense. They got some like good veteran guys up from that Super Bowl team, and they've been playing very well.
0: Do you think this game, if T-Law goes, is the game to decide who is the best current former number one overall pick in the league? Two men built so differently. <laughs> Seriously, throw in another number one overall pick that's playing better than these two guys right now.
2: Oh, this is a fun game. <laughs> oh shit! I of my head. I can't. Yeah, number one overall picks are
0: overrated. Number oh. one overall picks are overrated. Well, uh, well, not right now because he's hurt. But Joe Burrow was the answer. yeah. Joe Burrow's not playing. Doesn't not count. Playing. Get yeah. your dumb fucking Joe Burrow takes the fuck out of here, eh? <laughs> I can't. I can't think of one. That's yeah. a
2: that's a good little game. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Wanna give me a game?
0: Oh. Um I did just want to say y- you think that somewhere on Sunday, Kevin Stefanski is gonna have to excuse himself to go cry in the bathroom after Joe Flacco throws three interceptions because he was like part of the team that said we have to move on past Baker. Yeah, and Baker threw like five and in- five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he goes one touchdown more every week. I can't wait until like week three of the playoffs when he throws 11 touchdowns. I just want, I want if Baker's going to start playing good again, I want
1: Oklahoma Baker back. I'm going to start grabbing his crotch at the other teams. Get like that the swagger back. Yeah. Get
0: that swagger back Baker. All right. My next game, uh, Cardinals at bears bears currently minus four and a half over under 43 and a half. fields has like three really good games this season. He has the back-to-back ones. That's versus Denver on October 1st and at Washington on October 5th. By the way, in that game, or in those two games combined, he threw eight passing touchdowns. Let me ask you this, Mike. I'll set the line at seven and a half. Outside of that game, has Justin Fields had over or under seven and a half passing touchdowns? Say just slightly under? Under six. So he has more than half of his passing touchdowns from those two games. The other really good game he had is Detroit on December 19th, or November 19th. The defenses that Fields plays against have to be, like, particularly terrible. And the Cardinals kind of fit that bill. The Cardinals kind of fit the bill of, this defense is particularly terrible. On top of that, the Bears' defense has been steadily improving over the past month and a half which has started to make the price they paid for sweat and their two linebackers seem so much more justifiable as those players are like real NFL caliber players on a defense that does not have a lot of those. Everything in this game is pointing to a solid Bears win, the kind where you should bet minus four and a half and feel good. But in the back of my head, Mike, in the back of my head, I just fucking know Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. And I cannot bring myself to bet on the Bears in this game because of that. Like you just take everything else away. I get it. The Bears have probably the best offensive linemen in this game, the best receiver, the best edge rusher, the best linebackers. But uh, the Kyler Murray man, Kyler Murray is that stretches where he looks like an MVP candidate. Justin Field has only had like a handful of stretches where he looks like an NFL player, and won't help him that. As of the twenty-first, Comet,
1: Foreman, and I mean, not as big of an impact, but Darnell Moody, Mooney, not Moody, uh, are all questionable. I think Moody's going to play. play. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that that update was of the twentieth, so he might be better to play. But Comet and Foreman, as of today, were still questionable. Did you I will know say that the Cardinals have the best tight end? Isn't they it, it kind of? Isn't it kind of? <laughs> uh, is it wild? Not wild. Wild. It's kind. Of, it's kind of interesting. The ghost that Cleel
2: Herbert,
0: Cleal yeah. <laughs> Herbert, is now the third string uh, running back on that team. Oh, trust me, I I've been a dynasty league. I'm very aware that he doesn't get yeah. touches anymore. And it, when you add Fields into the mix, he's like the fourth most likely to get the <laughs> ball. That is true. Roshan Johnson supplanted
1: Cleel uh, Herbert and will take pretty much majority of the rushing attempts. In this game, if Portman can't go. And the second most attempts will go to Justin Fields, like you're saying. Seriously,
2: like, who do you think wins this game? I think
0: it's in Chicago. Yes, which doesn't affect anything, because there's no Chicago fans there every week anyways. Yeah, but it's going to be, wow, surprisingly nice. (laughs) 52 degrees. Ironically, I will not be here then.
2: (laughs) No, yeah. Uh, Day before Christmas? I really don't like the Arizona defense, and that's uh,
1: terrible. I think the Bears are in like, hey, we already might get the first number one overall pick. That's not really set in stone anymore because the Falcons are terrible. Um, you know what? If we win a couple more games and we just still end up like farther down in the top ten, I feel like Arizona is a lot more dead set on we must lose all games forever.
0: Yeah, but season. Kyler, Kyler, and Jonathan Gannon are not set on that. That's like probably something the GM wants. Yeah, that's that's fair.
1: Especially since it's Ganon's first year. He's not looking yeah. to go three and fourteen in his first season. No.
0: Like he would he probably would prefer to not. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm marking this as like the upset of the week could go to this game. A four and a half point line, and I think Arizona went straight up. That's that's a that's a decent upset. I don't know. They've gone two and nine in their last eleven. <laughs> I don't know. What about in the last twelve though?
1: Huh? Three. There you go. And nine. Uh, do y'all know, know what they've done all, all season? No, I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm good with their last 12. Yeah, this one, if I was a gamble man, which I am, this would kind of be a stay away game for me. I'm
0: not fucking with it. That's probably the right answer. This is probably a stay away <laughs> game, but it this is going to have big draft implications. And I quietly think Arizona might walk away as the winner in, in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. bringing back the Chicago Cardinals. Full circle. Closes the loop.
2: you want to give me your next game? Yeah. Uh, I got
1: first game of the three-day stretch. Cause for some reason, the NFL was like, we're going to put games on Saturday. But we didn't say we were going to put good games on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to the Bills facing Easton Stick and the Chargers, we got um, the... Uh, Bengals traveling to Pittsburgh and have to deal with those ugly, terrible towels.
2: Damn,
1: <laughs> burying the terrible towel. Yeah, I'm somehow like I already have to hope Taylor Heineke can beat the Colts, and now I have to hope that the kitty, kiddie... the the kitty kisser, <laughs> the titty kisser, Mitch Trubisky can beat the Bengals to get them out of our way as well. The, the kitty
0: disser makes him sound like he's Eminem, but only the little kids. He's dropping diss tracks on your bitch ass three year old.
2: <laughs> um sorry, slight
1: slight slip of the tongue by me.
0: My only note in this game is that I refuse to care about it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't care about it either if I did if it didn't deal with the Bills getting into the playoffs. If it ends up they
0: have to be a wild card, it does kind of have a big thing. I like how both you and I just absolutely roped in things that have personal impact for us and pretended like they didn't. You're like, ah, this Bengals-Steelers game is important. And me, I was like, yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to win. That's that's really the only reason I mentioned it. I don't know if you got anything on this game more interesting than my point. Who, If you're starting a franchise today, Mm -hmm. and you have to have one quarterback for the next six years, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Jake Browning, who are you taking? Oh, dear God.
1: Mitch Trubisky He has the best nickname?
0: But it's not like people in the locker room are like, that's Titty Kiss and Mitch. That's just what you call him on a podcast. Because <laughs> of a tweet uh, he made when he was in college. Good point.
2: And maybe Jake
1: Browning. At least he's the most unknown. I think I'd take Kenny Pickett so that my hands feel big. You think if he became like a franchise QB all of a sudden, they would like nickname the arena, their home arena, like
2: the Brown Town? no no they don't even call it the borough yeah they don't that's lame Loser their ass Bengals fans with their nasty ass chili
0: damn Fuck get here. fucked skyline name uh, name another thing in cincinnati besides skyline chili the reds i thought you were gonna go with john moxley oh that's true he's not there all the time though uh jamar sure? chase jamar chase is rolled out so that does that does give me hope yeah didn't you see my note on the the rundown Huh. I wrote Jamar's Oot.
1: Jamar's Oot. They have a defensive end with the last name Sample. Don't they also have a tight
0: end? Is Drew sample on the uh, Bengals?
1: Yeah, sample. They have two samples. Oh, wait. No, this is. I think this covers.com has some shit messed up.
0: Oh, no. This is. Ever- that's, why, that's why you don't use covers.com.
1: Oh, no. This is. They have a cam sample
0: as a defensive end. What about Drew's sample? Where's Drew sample play? Cincinnati. That's what I want to know. Are you sure about that? You sure about yeah, that? Think That's why? I think he got a touchdown against the Bills.
1: Fucker. <laughs> All right, you want to hey, give me your last
0: game? No, 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 real quick on this game. You think T. Mm-hmm. Higgins gets uh, re-signed, or you think he walks? Mm. Also, by the way, after next year, this will be one of only two teams in the NFL that has. The like worst kind of turf possible, like the kind of turf that causes the most injuries. Mm-hmm. And then after two years, they'll be the only team in the NFL with that turf. Hey, did you see what Chris Long said? No, what did he say?
1: Uh, he made a comment. He was talking to now his name escapes me, but it's a person you know too. I Mina mean, um, Collins. No. Uh, and they were talking about player safety. <laughs> they were talking about player safety, and you know, as a former like defensive end, he was kind of. Talking about some of the things that are really tough for pass rushers and whatnot. He was like, if the NFL wants to do something to protect players, like MetLife has taken more like knees and <laughs> ankles, et cetera, than anybody else in the league. Like, do some, th- something about that that all the
0: players have come out and like spoke against. My take on this is that everyone does this emotionally without looking at the numbers. And there's like multiple studies that are like, Yeah, more players get hurt on turf, but it's, like, marginal, and it's the specific kind of turf that everyone's just about to get rid of. Well, that's good. Yeah, like like I said, the only team that's going to have that kind of turf in three seasons is going to be the Bengals. The Vikings are replacing it, and then the other stadium, uh, the Colts, Benzoil, is replacing it in two seasons. And they're, they're getting a different kind of turf, but it's the kind of turf that, like, doesn't have statistically more injuries than grass.
1: Yeah, and the Bengals—it's <laughs> kind of ironic because the Bengals have a franchise
0: quarterback who's had some injury trouble. Yeah, they're also the cheapest franchise in the league, though. They—they okay. they, they hate spending money. Speaking of that's the money, that's why Matt Hasselbeck is still the quarterback there. Fuck, I didn't mean Matt Hasselbeck. I meant the other guy. God damn it, Carson Wentz. It, Not Carson uh, Wentz. God damn it, Carson Palmer. Okay,
1: <laughs> you got there eventually. <laughs> um, speaking of money, like the T. Higgins situation, has Burrow's extension kicked in?
0: The spot track.
1: And then you have to think. Jamar Chase, when his extension is going to kick in and the crazy money he's going to make. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, T. Higgins is probably going to be a free agent, right? Yeah, I think just for like money s- issues and like looking forward to how they're going to have to spend their cap, I don't think they'll be able to retain him.
0: Yeah, Joe Burrow's extension has kicked in, I think. Let me see. Uh, no, it kicks in next year. i okay. go. Like, the Bengals
1: are currently sitting 24th in the draft rankings. I feel like if they can fall down a little bit more, like we could see, like a Romeo Dunze or something like that, end up being their draft pick to replace T on a yeah. much cheaper rookie deal. So no, I don't think Diggs. Uh, I don't think Tiggins. Tiggins, I don't think Tiggins comes back. Tiggins.
0: All right, you want to get? You want to hear my last game? Hit me. I got Seattle at Tennessee. Mm. This is uh, uh almost an extension of my my Pete Carroll apology line. Seattle minus three and a half, over under forty one and a half. I think this is quietly going to be the most fun game of Sunday. Uh, with a big asterisk, assuming that Will Levis plays. Ah, uh, the
2: announcers told me that his career was over, though.
0: And they did right before Ryan Tannehill was warming up. Um, I think we've all quietly fallen in love with the Geno Smith Drew Lock romance from last week. It's two career backups that are just bros, and they're broing out and giving each other bro jobs. And it just feels like both teams are going to be explosive play machines. Like I think that we're going to see so many twenty-plus yard plays in this game. I, honest to God, don't know who wins this game. I just want to go to overtime and hit the over. What you say the over was that? 41 and a half. 41 and a half. That could hit. That could definitely hit. I think both teams score 42. Wow.
1: The game of the season. Is that...
0: I wasn't... Only field goals, though.
1: I wasn't, like, whatever, Drew Locke. I was taking a victory lap on the big game uh, KW3 was having after I put him in my top 10 running backs list we did in the offseason. I was like, let's go. really
0: pulling out the receipts. I am. Fucking week 15, and you're like, I called this 19 weeks ago. Hold you. Just Drew Lock with the last minute drive, Will Levis is outrageous fun to watch. He's like he's like Josh Allen with less going on upstairs. Do you have any thoughts on Drew Lock like practically crying in the
1: interview he did on the field afterwards?
0: Oh, I was all about it, man. You know I love when NFL players cry.
1: I don't know. I, I have a thing where um I don't think that's a good sign that he's gonna be like an actual starting quarterback. Okay. And what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams again? That's different. He's in college still. You can cry in college. You can cry in college? You can cry in the NFL, but I just think, I don't know, like other QBs,
0: maybe act like you've been there before, bud. Well, yeah, but Drew Locke's not a starting quarterback in the league. Let's be real. Drew Locke ain't going to fucking Minnesota in three seasons to become the next Steve Young. I don't know. That seems like a Minnesota-ass thing to do. It does seem like a Minnesota-ass thing to do, but he's not going to go there and be the next Steve Young. He might go there and be the next... Teddy two gloves. to Teddy two gloves, by the way, retiring at the end of the season. Is he really? Hey, you announced that Louisville Legend. Second best Louisville quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? What you think this can be a a good game? If really late, this feels like such a good one o'clock game.
2: Oh, yeah, it's perfect
1: kind of one o'clock game because it yeah. has potential to be a really good one. If Will Levis plays and if some of the people who are questionable on Seattle's injury report end up going. But, I mean, now there's a QB controversy. Drew Locke starting? Geno Smith now with, you know, having a week to prepare and not being, like, a last-minute active player. Is he is he getting the, the nod? Uh, Geno G- Smith's getting the start.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: Wow, they're get- Drew Locke helps him beat one of the top teams in the NFC. And they're just like, fuck you, Drew Locke.
0: You gotta go with the best quarterback on the roster, and Geno Smith's the best quarterback on the roster. Is it? Like, how far is Geno Smith really from Drew Locke? Didn't you just say that you don't trust Drew Locke to pick up your laundry because he cried in his press conference or whatever? I
1: don't know if I trust Geno Smith. <laughs> Drew Locke was like, I'm gonna remember this game for the rest of my life.
0: Which he should. It was the best game of his career. It was the last game of his career. <laughs> you never know. I I I'm I'm all here. For the Seahawks vibe train right now. They are fun to watch. They have the most abs per wide receiver in the league. I they have a rookie that we both love in Jackson Smith and Jigba. They have two enjoyable running backs. They got a young offensive line that's dead in the middle and great on the edges. They have fun, fun young defensive players. They got Bobby Wagner. He doesn't love some Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. And it, you tie it all together with you can find a way to root for either Geno Smith or Drew Lock because they're the underdogs. All right, you sold me. You sold me on these Seattle
1: Seahawks. They're going to Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle Super Bowl Seahawks. That's what we've been saying. Kenneth Walker is in the wildcard round. He's going to have a uh, beast quake 2.0, but it's going to be more impressive. It's going to be from the 1-yard line and he's going to break tackles from all 11 defenders of the other team.
0: <laughs> Amazing. All right, Mike, you got any more thoughts on games this week? Um, just the I two think, of us. Think, we watch? can make it if we try.
2: Watch out just for just the, Pan- the two of us. Watch out just for the, the two Pan- of us. Watch.
1: Okay, <laughs> I was for it. Watch out for the Panthers. Here's why they suck. But after beating the Falcons last week, I feel like the message coming down from the powers that be up top, all the way down to the players, is like, listen, we don't have our first round draft pick, so I don't care if it's even the number two pick. Our main point for existing right now is to not give the Bears the number one overall pick.
0: There's a giant wall standing in their way, though, Mike. Or I should say a very tiny wall, and it's exactly the size of Bryce Young and his ability to win games. <laughs> they got Packers, Jags, Bucks. All three of those teams are better than the Panthers, <laughs> yeah, although there's be 31 teams in the league that are better than the Panthers. So. I don't know. Uh, When's the uh, last to be more Thielen catching a ball? Feels like it's been weeks. I think
1: it's been a minute. Um, uh, Mr. J- you know, Jordan Love, Mr. Jekyll and Hyde. Who knows what version of him is going to show up?
0: Dealk hey, still, him, right?
1: Dealk could still be in concussion protocol, looking for that brain you said he doesn't have.
0: He's <laughs> like Baker, the scarecrow in Wizard yeah. of
1: Oz. Baker could have turned back into a a pumpkin by
0: by week 18. We don't know. Yeah, really building the case here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a straw man case. <laughs> hey, how do you how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about the Easton Stick led Chargers going on the uh, road to play them? Keenan Allen's officially out as well. Oh my God.
1: I don't know if he's Johnston, actually... Johnston,
0: over 44 and a half yards?
1: Yeah, I, probably not. I don't know if he's actually like... I questioned if he was really too hard to play
0: or if he was like, I'm not going out there, man. <laughs> What's the point? Keenan Allen's 33 years old. He's got better shit to do on a Sunday than go play for Easton Stick. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not letting Easton Stick throw me a pass over the middle. That gets me murdered. I refuse. Are you going to feel bad if the Bills put up less than
2: 63 points. No, but... I'm,
1: like, just terrified that the Bills are going to come in and be like, ah, easy game, and they're somehow going to play down to the Chargers level, and this is going to be, like, like a 2017 Bills win
0: where they just edge one out. the the other side of that is, boy, is Josh Allen getting the rainbow strip just in time to make his MVP case. I mean, he's not out of it yet. He's not three, out of it yet, and when he when he throws ten touchdowns next week or yeah. on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, yeah, yeah, if he has three
1: monster weeks here, we win the division. Joshie could be an MVP
0: like he should be every year. Also, just a, a note for this one: bet James Cook overs. This James Cook. this Chargers defense is dead last in rush defense since week ten, and before mm-hmm. that, Mike. They they had a huge meteoric fall from third worst in the league through 10 weeks to now dead last. So uh, this run defense is terrible,
2: terrible.
1: It is. it is. I can't wait to revisit, do another version of my top 10 running backs so I can make my case why James Cook is number one.
0: <laughs> it's a good year for that. I can't tell you who, oh, Christian McCaffrey. That's probably who the number one running back in the league is. I guess. I was partway through the, saying the sentence, I don't know who the number one running back in the league is until I remember the guy who has the best MVP odds that isn't a quarterback. Mine. Cook's
1: number two. Uh,
0: my, my last thought here that I wanted to, to get to you, what the fuck's up with this Detroit-Minnesota game? I have no idea. Detroit
2: minus three? Yeah. What? 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 Minnesota's a, what? Is it Minnesota a dome, too? Yeah. Minnesota's
1: a dome. And they, their quarterbacks are god-awful. It was kind of funny, because I was listening to Simmons and Sal on their Monday pod, our Sunday night pod. It Simmons mentioned why he thinks this is going to be a tough game for Goff. He was like, oh, know, Minnesota has a pass rush that can get to Goff and like cause him problems. And all I was thinking as he was saying that was the point I made on our Monday pod about how well Goff actually did against pressure <laughs> this past week. <laughs> Where I was like, I don't, will
2: that cause him a problem?
1: He might have figured it out 20 years later in the league. <laughs>
0: There's your best former number one overall pick. Jared freaking Goff.
1: Jared freaking Goff.
0: Yeah, I mean, how is this a three-point line? <laughs> I, I really don't it. get it.
1: The lines in general this week, there's a lot of them where I'm like, what? All right, Mike, you got any, uh, you got any final thoughts? Week 16? No, so final prediction that Raiders at Chiefs on Monday, and I think the Raiders set another record from going for the most points the biggest
0: gap between the points scored their week prior to the following week. Yeah, they they had the record for the most points from the week before the Chargers to the Chargers because they went from like seven points to sixty three. Mm-hmm. They, so they went that from record? zero. They went 63. from zero to sixty three. Can they break that record this week somehow? I feel like if you if you if you step out of bounds in your own end zone and get a safety, like the the Orlovsky, mm-hmm. that should be two points to the other team and minus one to you. That should be a three point swing. You know what? In professional sports, let's start, let's start making rules that lose a team points. Yeah, we need more negative point plays. Need, need negative point plays. I can't think of a single one in any sport outside of replay review and hockey.
1: That's not really a negative point, it just takes away the points on the board.
0: Yeah, but it always takes away the points on the board. They're like, oh, that guy was offsides two days ago in Wichita, so yeah. no goal. Negative point plays. That's where Talent Alone stands. All right, Mike, you want to give your plugs?
1: Y'all follow me at Talent Alone Mike. See all my sweet, sweet tweets. Or I guess X's. I don't know what the fuck they call them anymore. I think they just call them posts, which is real boring. Um, And there will be an on Saturday this week. I promise. I swear. I declare. It will happen. Oh, next week. Our next round of awesome wrestling predictions for the AW Wrestle Dream pay-per-view
0: call me at Town alone adam i do the league pass watchability rankings this upcoming week we're talking ja morant and the most middle team i think is what i what i want to talk about doing all right there mike you gotta take a phone call i yeah, no, i'm good i can do it when we wrap up and uh you can check out team Town alone my what seems to be now a bi-weekly article as intended <laughs> to be weekly i promise but uh, covering the NFL and what happened the past week. This week's going to probably be a weird one. I don't know how much time I'll have to do for film review because I'm going to be out of town, but we'll we'll get something up there. We'll get something up there. Talk talk some talk some football. Talk some footy. And then, of course, be sure you park it back here every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday for our podcast. Monday and Thursday is where we cover the NFL and our town on podcast, and then you can check us out on Saturday where we'll be live. Well, I guess not live. We're in person. We're seeing each other face-to-face, but definitely not live be in person talking some baskie, some basketball and hockey with that mike you got any christmas themed shout outs
1: shout out big Sack santa <laughs>